0: Hello, creators. You are backstage with Patreon, where we open the curtain on how to build a thriving business on Patreon. I'm Brian Keller from the Creator Success team. And today's guests are Eric Striffler, creator of Pretty Much It, and his business partner, AJ Levens. Pretty Much It produces audio commentary and videos where Eric discusses movies and TV with his friends. Pretty Much It has been making content since 2010 and on Patreon since 2013. From Indiana Jones to High School Musical, Eric has been watching and telling jokes from his van and his friends' couches. So let's get started with Eric Striffler and A.J. Lebbins from Pretty Much It on Backstage with Patreon. And guys, you reached an amazing milestone. You've been on Patreon for 10 years, of course, Ten making content years. for much longer. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> what, what does it mean to hit that milestone and look back a little bit?
1: Uh, honestly, it just it makes me feel very... Um... Proud of myself for making the decision to go all in on Patreon 10 years ago. I I had been on YouTube since 2005. Pretty much it started in 2010, but I've been um, getting close to 20 years of making internet videos basically. And so from 2005, the year YouTube launched on, I was experiencing everything that came with that, the highs and the lows. And by the time 2013 rolled around with Patreon, I had almost lived an entire lifetime on YouTube, like an entire creator lifetime on YouTube, seven years, whatever that is. And so I was like, I have a feeling that Patreon is probably the better way to go here because I've seen how untrustworthy the views and the ads and stuff like that can be in the algorithm. So I was like, we're in control with Patreon. I think this is the way to go. And uh, yet today I I look back and say, that's probably the best decision I've ever made.
2: What's funny about that too, is that's right about the time that I joined in with you and started and started working uh, with things more on the, the business side of things and, not knowing Patreon as well as Eric did at the time, I'm like, "What is this? What are you talking about? No YouTube! Like that's, yeah, that's right. what's what we do." Seems like it. I actually, I had to get on a on a. You, I think you knew about this. I had to get on a call with someone at Patreon. He didn't for, trust it. To to have someone explain <laughs> to me how, like what it is and how it works. And, and to Patreon's credit, they hopped on oh, yeah, and explained yeah, they it. They did. And yeah. we spoke for like, I, I, you know, it kills me. I can't remember who it was I talked sure. to at the time, but they're probably walking around the office somewhere here. <laughs> we spoke for like 30, 45 minutes or something, went through everything. And, and I was even talking about, well, can we do this and this and this? And I remember him being like, hey, it's early. Like, relax. <laughs> But then from that moment, I was like, all right, we're, we're you know both feet in on this. Yep. And it was totally the right call, of course. So I'm proud of you, too. Hey, thanks, man.
0: <laughs> and what kind of advice would you give to a creator that is in month one, year one, kind of on this big journey? They know they want to do membership, but it, it can be scary at first.
1: Uh, definitely don't. Overdo it. Don't burn yourself out. I uh, we had other projects. Pretty much, it we started in 2013 on Patreon. But over the years, we had other projects. Uh, we had a comedy show in New York called Pity Applause that we set up a Patreon for. I think I had my own at one point. You know, we were just uh, trying whatever and using Patreon. And Patreon wasn't necessarily right for all of those individual projects. And we learned that uh, over time because we weren't putting things out as consistently on all of them. Pretty much, it is very consistent. And we don't like overexert or anything like that. I feel very comfortable with the output. Um, but with certain other things, I w- there was definitely like there's some time crunch and like, oh, we haven't put anything out and people are paying. Oh, what do we do? That's not good. I think you should make sure that you're comfortable with what you're putting out. Make it very clear what you're going to put out. And don't let anyone make you feel like they own you almost or like you owe them something. I- I'm saying that maybe not in the right way, but like people have the choice to join your membership. No one's forcing them to. If they don't like it, if they are not happy with the output or the content, they can leave. I, and I feel like that you shouldn't accept any pressure from something like that. You make sure you're comfortable with what you're putting out there and make it clear what you're going to be doing the, and potential limitations. And be upfront, too. If you have a, a bout where you're like, you know, oh, I can't do anything for this week. I'm sick. Let everybody know they're usually pretty chill.
2: Absolutely. I would say um, like purely from again, I bring more of the, the the business aspect to it than the creator, uh that being Eric. But I think it's too easy to get distracted with how many options there are to, to collect money. You know, there are so many different platforms and people wanna tip through this and donate through that and subscribe through here, and you have all these options that you kind of go crazy, like wanting to have all of them. But that will also burn you out. Focus on where you want your patrons, your customers, whoever it is. You know, we decided that we want to drive everyone to Patreon. That's what we focus on. And that makes it easy for our um, anyone who wants to consume what we put out. You know, they don't get decision fatigue of how to subscribe and find our materials and how to support us or purchase from us. You know, when you know where you want everyone, they know where to go. And that helps streamline everything and makes it easier and ultimately more successful.
0: Yeah. You know, and Eric, we gotta talk about your style of of commentary that you do on movies because sure. if people haven't heard it, you have so much energy passion (laughs) excitement kind of going into it how did you develop that style because clearly you're performing a little bit for it
1: yeah it's so uh, it's kind of the other way around i was i'm lucky enough i've always been like that and i'm lucky enough that i found an avenue (laughs) (laughs) i was able to create um a you know make a living off of just how i already was i was in high school getting like kicked out of class constantly because i would just be like i can't not crack a joke if the teacher says something slightly off and i'm like i can make some comment about it i have to kind of thing so i'm i'm you know like the The little jerk in high school that accidentally turned that into a career, basically. But yeah, there is an element of performing as well. We'll get comments sometimes where I'm like screaming at Tom Cruise doing an insane stunt. And they're like, dude, I would hate to watch a movie with you. And I'm like, do you think I'd be screaming in the movie theater? No, it's all internal. I'm just externalizing my inner thoughts. You know what I mean? Like I'm screaming in my head watching him hang off of a tall building. But when I'm just recording the commentary track, you might as well hear that. You know what I mean? And the big difference in what we do versus, you know, when we started doing this in 2013, the commentary track specifically, uh, I don't know of anybody else that was doing that. Um, It was just a thing that we came up with for fun And now it's a very populated space. There's a lot of commentary, but there's also a lot of what people call themselves reactors. And reactions, reactors, that's a little bit more like focused on the movie, taking it in and reacting and responding to it. What we do is we're almost more doing comedy podcasts where we're inspired by what we're watching. We'll go off, if some funny bit comes up based on what we just saw, we'll go off on a tangent for 10 minutes if it's funny and miss the whole movie for 10 minutes. (laughs) And sometimes people will comment like, you missed, you missed my favorite part, or you had a question later, and they explained it, and you missed it. And I have to explain, like, we're not reacting, necessarily. We are doing commentary, comedic commentary on it. And the more important thing is us, not the movie. The comedy, the bits... Making people laugh is way more important than paying attention to every second of the movie. So that's a big difference, I feel like, between what we do and, and a lot of other people that have come into the space, all of which I love. I think that reactions are cool, too. It's all great. But ours is definitely a little different, and uh, sometimes people don't know exactly yeah, what to expect.
2: More, more improv theater than, sure, than, yeah, like, improv comedy uh, than sheer reaction. It's almost
1: yeah. like if you're doing an improv comedy show and you ask for a suggestion, the movie is right, the suggestion. Providing Whatever the... happened in the scene is the suggestion, and we're going to run with it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. Well, that leads to a follow-up question
0: then. What is your creative process? You and with AJ, if you know a movie's coming up, you know you're going to record it, deciding who's going to be your co-host with it and how much prep do you do versus making it totally improv?
1: Yeah, I will. There's definitely certain things that I can think of, you know, certain guests. And for most of the guests are my friends. Sometimes it's collaborations with other, you know, um, YouTube uh, YouTubers or, or who knows what. But yeah, I usually have an idea. I'll hit them up and say, here's my plan. Just to see if, you know, so you're on board with it. So mm-hmm. like, for example, this year, This year's big plan was okay, or it started last year. But I was like, "High School Musical," the musical, the series on Disney Plus. It's popular. Uh, We've done High School Musical on uh, years ago, almost a decade ago. On pretty much it, we did those tracks. And I was like, "I think our audience would love that." There's three seasons of it, and there's a fourth season on the way. It might be the final season. Olivia Rodrigo's in it. She's popular. Like I told him all the reasons I think this would be a good idea. At the end of the day, it's what I want to do, obviously, because I think I know what is best. But I run it by him just so he's on, you know, in the loop on like the big plan. And it worked out because they just announced season four is the final season, so we put this big push on this series right when it's ending, right at the peak of its probably popularity. I'm assuming. So I run it by him just so he's prepared. And in this case, it worked out because we also looped in doing some live shows, which is more his side to kind of figure out the logistics of. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, in, in high school musical live shows, in to any be clear. in, yeah. in <laughs> any of
2: the the larger things that we're doing, we we definitely act as springboards for each other mm-hmm. as far as like the process goes. Sometimes they're crazy, and sometimes they're straightforward. Like, yeah. yeah, this makes total sense. This is pretty straightforward. This, this is probably going to be the last one, and then we can tie it in with some live
1: shows. And like, but that's when I turn it over to him. I'm like, okay, I need you to talk to this venue figure out that stuff because that's the more the business side of it, you know. Uh we gotta get the rights to the movies. We gotta do this and we gotta cover our butts and all this kind of stuff. You gotta write up a contract for our our guest that's doing the live shows, my buddy Derek. And so I don't have to worry about that stuff. I can worry about Derek and I just sitting down and having fun watching the show and, and making each other laugh, making the audience laugh while he's in the background working on I hate to say the boring stuff, but (laughs) the boring stuff. I mean, I have fun with it. (laughs) And that's perfect. Would you want to watch High School Musical, the series? No. Exactly.
0: (laughs) And then another thing that really stands out from what you do is your Ford Transit van. You're you're going around. You're you're sometimes recording that way. How did that become part of... What you're making, and then how does it now affect when you're doing touring and, and going around all these places?
1: Yeah, it's funny, that's just a personal thing. I don't make content or anything about uh you know van life, hashtag van life. It's just a personal thing that I enjoy doing. I've been living in a van for six years, and I have a Ford Transit van currently named Ruth, and it just hi, makes Ruth. it so hi, Ruth. It just makes it so much easier to get around to record with people. So if I'm heading out to LA, for example, from New York, let's say. To go record – I'll go out there for a week or so and record a bunch of commentary tracks with people and then we're kind of set for a few weeks or months or whatever. But I'm like, who can I stop along the way and see? And we got like um, some of my buddies that I would stop along the way with are Mike and Jay from We Watched a Movie, for example. If I can pop in, if they're available, hey, guys, I'm going to be passing through next Thursday. You around? Let's do something. Let's watch a movie. Let's – you know, that's in their name. We Watched a Movie. So I try to find that everywhere around the country as I'm going and, yeah, it just makes it a lot easier for me to get around to – uh more people. Like, rather than flying to them, they're on the way. The other big important thing I will say that we started doing last year? I think at the beginning of last year, and I'm super excited about it because this is similar to when we started doing commentary tracks in 2013 and I didn't see anybody else doing it. It was just an idea we had. My new version of that is drive-in commentary tracks. I bring the van to the drive-in and record a commentary track for a movie on its opening night, and then people will take their headphones to the theater And listen to my commentary track, you know, for like we just did. Indiana Jones 5 is out now. The Mission Impossible, the new one's coming out. There's a few, we're doing a few in a row that people will take the track in their headphones to the theater and just like sit in the back corner and like laugh to themselves and no one else (laughs) knows what's going on. So the van enables me to do a lot of fun stuff like that. Very cool.
0: Well, let's talk about the Patreon side of what you put together here. And I think one thing that stands out, you're working with someone on my team, Lucy, to help work with your account. Shout out,
1: Lucy, the best. And, for and real.
0: You really stand out, but you are so good at embracing new features on Patreon, new ways to operate there. But we do have a lot of creators that are very nervous about any kind of changes to make to their business there. What's your way of having that kind of mindset and has really helped you grow over time? Oh, that's that's a tough one. Well,
1: Right out of the gate, I can just happily say I'm always excited for some new feature. It keeps it interesting. There's always some way we can utilize it. And if not, we come up with, like, a weird way to... It might give us an idea for something that we can do. Maybe not utilizing that feature, but change up something on our end, potentially. There's always something that comes out of it.
2: I think it's kind of a matter of perspective, too. I mean, when we have the option to do something new or do it in a new way, we see that as an opportunity to attract someone new. You know, uh, someone who may have been put off because it was difficult to sign up, but now it's so easy to sign up. We look at that as, like, great, we're going to... You're talking about free memberships now.
1: uh, Like, like. As an the ex- fact that you can just sign up easier, free trial, yeah, yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It, and,
2: and so, anytime there's a change in our portal, we can change, we can add something. We look at that as an opportunity to attract a new person. And I feel like some people who think, I'm successful, I like what I'm doing right now, I don't want anything to change, are worried if that's going to affect who they have when they should really be looking at who else they can bring in. Like, who else can come to the party? Bring yeah. them in.
1: And I will say we also i I keep our um patrons in the loop. I'm, i mean, i'm I'm I love patreon clearly. so I'm I, and they know that. so and a lot of some of them have been around for all ten years, if not almost all ten years. I think of like someone Olivia, for example, if she's listening to this, she's been around since the very beginning, and she's still around, you know what I mean? so like I, I recognize people that have been around. they know I love patreon. I keep them in the loop. hey guys. There's a new feature that we're actually going to be starting up. So when um, the uh, digital commerce was coming around, I was like, hey, check this out, guys. This doesn't apply to you necessarily because you're already patrons, but what do you think of this? Check it out. And they'll give feedback. That doesn't impact them really. They're already patrons. But anything that uh, might impact them, I'll tell them, what do you think of this? Native Video. When Native Video started, we were using Unlisted YouTube like everybody else, I'm sure. And I asked them, give me your feedback. What do you guys think? And I brought that to Lucy. I brought that to Patreon. Like They said it's a little glitchy. They said it sometimes pauses, blah, blah, blah. I involve them in the the patrons in the new features. It's not just us launching it and like good luck. I want the feedback. I want to know what they think. And generally speaking, it's it's always been uh, well received stuff. And even if they have criticism, it's either responded to by Patreon or it it kind of evens itself out. But uh, I think involving the patrons is a huge part of the new features.
0: Yeah, we definitely encourage creators to do that. That kind of communication around it. How about in terms of how you bring your your members, your community into deciding on content, what movies to watch, how to approach it?
1: I actually don't do that. Really, we don't. It's a big thing with pretty much it is we don't take requests. It's not like a you know like a I know better kind of thing. It's just that we're usually scheduled out pretty far in advance. And I, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I have a pretty good idea of what the audience is going to like, what I'm going to like. That's important too. Is somebody if they're like, you should watch this show, and I'm like. I don't think that would make for good commentary tracks, necessarily. You know what I mean? And also, I there are plenty of movies and TV shows that I actually want to watch. So people are like, you should do Severance on Apple TV. And I'm like, no, I actually watch that. I don't want to talk over it. Like, there's certain shows where I'm like, I don't want to ruin my own experience. That, I come first here. I, I want to make sure I don't ruin my experience with movies and shows. But then you've got something like... 13 Reasons Why was a big one on our channel. That was a Netflix show. And that was something where like I actually enjoyed it. I got into it, but it was like perfect for commentary because it was so dramatic and so like teen drama nonsense. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't necessarily fish for what people are interested in us doing, but I'm in – you know, I'm always in, – I'm in our community. I'm in the Discord. I see, I see people saying things and I'm like – it's kind of like anywhere else on the internet. I'm like, whoa, everybody's talking about this. Whoa, Netflix number one. I should look into this. Like I'm, I'm always aware of what's, what's kind of hot right now and what could make for good commentary. Actually, I got
2: a question for you. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Do you prefer from a comedic standpoint doing a movie that you've seen a hundred times and you know will – Land well, or doing a movie cold, having never watched it. you do. We do. I
1: mean, like, but then there's also tracks people love, like we did the Social Network, uh, Miles and I. One of my, one of uh, both of our favorite movies. We did a commentary track for that. We've seen it a thousand times. We already know it, so we're quoting the movie. We're making jokes about it. Those work too. Those kind of things work too. But I definitely prefer if it's it's a fresh watch, just because of the insanity of it, (laughs) the shock and surprise from crazy things that happen. Yeah.
0: Well, let's also talk about the digital commerce side. And for a long time, actually, you've thought of your individual commentary tracks as something to to sell individually to your audience in addition to to membership. I think you have a really savvy approach to that. Can you talk about pricing and, and how you do that?
1: Well, I will say right out of the gate, we started doing commentary tracks in March of 2013, which was a little bit before Patreon launched, if I remember correctly. We joined Patreon a couple months after it launched, later that year, 2013. We were selling the commentary tracks individually. That was the only way we were doing it at first. I don't even remember what website we were using. Who knows? But when Patreon came around, it was more like, oh, this seems like the perfect place for us to do this little side hustle thing that we're doing, these commentary tracks. And over time, that just became – we were doing a weekly podcast at the time, movie reviews, game reviews, things like that. We lost interest in that stuff over time, and commentary tracks became the thing that we just enjoyed doing the most, and that became our main thing on Patreon, and we don't even put all of them up for sale on our shop anymore. Like The main place to find all of them is Patreon, and we'll put up some on our Shopify. For example, also right now, like I said, Indiana Jones. On our Shopify, you can purchase all five Indiana Jones movies commentary tracks, The only place you can get them individually is on our Patreon shop right now, Digital Commerce, because we wanted to see there are people that are interested in only getting, for example, Indiana Jones 5. I just want to take it to the theater. I don't care about hearing the other ones. I can't get just that one on the Shopify, but I can get it on Patreon. Now, that person makes a Patreon account, puts in their payment information and stuff like that. Once they listen to that track, if they decide, these guys are pretty damn funny. I want to sign up for their membership. They've already made an account. So we're pushing... People like that toward the digital commerce, toward even the free memberships. If you sign up, we—it's just it—it it eliminates a major barrier to just jumping on the membership.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> Did I nail it? That's it. <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going quite that's there. It. You, but got it. You, you got it. Got Whatever, there. yeah. <laughs> and that's a big hypothesis we have, that letting your audience buy things from you, that's one step closer to ongoing membership and yep. what else you're, you're doing there. Mm-hmm. You even were, were saying earlier to some Patreon folks that you want the price to feel high sure. when you're buying an individual item. Yeah. Like, to anyone who's listening out on this we it don't
1: it, recommend buying them. Don't
2: buy the individual. Join jack. the Patreon. It is cheaper if you go <laughs> and you get more. To the Patreon.
1: We're not shy about it. People will comment sometimes. they will be like, "I'm, you know, quick math or whatever." But like, oh, it's like forty dollars for this season of commentary tracks for this show, and I'm like, yeah, that's ridiculous, right? You should join the Patreon. <laughs> the whole point is. That seems crazy. We want you to join that's the Patreon. That's the best deal. But then some people will just buy it, and we're not going to tell them no, whatever. Sure, it, you know that's that's nice. But, um, yeah, we're always pushing. We're always, always pushing toward the Patreon.
0: And then you also have a back catalog as one of your benefits. And you've got now, amazingly, like 10 years of, of content that you're doing there. should be
1: hitting 1,000 tracks this year, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: That's amazing. And so with like your, how do you actually manage that? How do you make choices about which tier should get access to which content there? I mean, especially recently, that's been kind of an ongoing discussion. As we realized,
1: ten years—you know—as
2: time builds, as these track builds, as this back catalog builds, so does the value of it too. So, how do you leverage that value as a creator? You know, if we, you know, after ten years, is that still worth the same fifteen-dollar tier? After the next ten years, is it still worth? You know, the $15. Join join the
1: $15 tier for the weekend, spend the whole weekend downloading all of it and then bail, you know? And we're not greedy. Like, that's fine, too. Like, you know, like, that's... It's not fine so much as, like, we're not policing that. We're not chasing people down. If we see someone, like, join and then immediately leave and it's like, we know what you probably did, that's okay. Well, don't say it's okay. (laughs) I mean, like, we're we're not gonna, like, hunt you down or anything like that. I understand. But we're looking forward to any options that might come up for sure that help us sort of... um, I'm sure there's a lot of other creators that are having the same issue right now, being that it's been so long that some of them have been around, we're looking forward to any options we have that are presented to us where we can keep that kind of behind, like you described as like the Disney vault a little bit. Yeah. Don't say that. Now we owe them money. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Oh, shucks. But yeah, I'm looking forward to being able to have that maybe behind another paywall, I guess. And again, that sounds like maybe that sounds negative, but it's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. And I'm really proud of all of it. And it's all worth It's all valuable. It's all worth paying for it. You know, I I think so. And our
2: discussion with that is, yes, we want to try and put that behind another level. But there's also a large portion of that that we want to release and just give out and say, like, we have been doing this for 10 years. Look at some of this stuff that may have even be forgotten about because it was first put out 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, like this commentary track is 10 years old. Here you go. Have it for free. Check it out. I think if they listen to our stuff for free, they'll really enjoy it and they'll, they'll want to join the Patreon.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing that we see creators really embracing. You have all this content that you've had as part of your paid tiers, but when you're thinking about what attracts someone to join for free, what attracts someone to get started, use that back catalog that you have. Use yep. that as a, a starting point for mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. Well, So your main content are these long-form audio commentaries, and, and now you do some YouTube-based highlights on it. Oh yeah. Of course, you could be doing every other social platform under the sun and, and formats and short form and all that. How do you think about where you want to focus and, and not spreading yourself too thin on that?
1: Yeah, look, I know that if we were making, like, TikToks, for example, YouTube shorts, I know that that could get more eyeballs. The thing is, those eyeballs are looking for short-form content, and literally, like you said, it's long-form content. Like, I don't know how uh, (laughs) valuable—I don't know how else to put this—a short-form eyeball is to what we're doing, quite frankly. Like, what we really are doing is all—you know, it's like a two-hour movie. you got to settle in and watch along with us, you know? So— I don't personally use any of the. I don't have a TikTok or anything like that. Just me personally. I'm not a big social media guy on a personal level. It's not that I think I'm above it. I just I'm not. I would scroll too much, and I don't want to. You know, it would waste a lot of my day away. And I know I'm. I can't. I don't have any self control, so I'm not on those apps. I understand we could be getting more eyeballs, whatever, from those apps. It just doesn't interest me. It doesn't make me happy to think about doing stuff like that. And that might be ridiculous, but. You know, someone out there might be like, dude, you could be getting so many more views from that. I got to tell you, I think the only reason I've been doing this for going on 20 years since I uploaded my first internet video before YouTube existed, it's because I enjoy it. I, I've never – people talk about creator burnout and I'm like, I've never – I don't think I've ever experienced that because I only do the stuff I want to do. I don't tackle every single thing. Someone's like, oh, this new bleep blorp app is out. There's, there's so many eyeballs. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's an
2: element of focus to it, which you're talking yeah. about too. Like, yeah, you may get a lot of eyes, but does that does do those eyes translate? And I think to what you're saying, yeah, it's like short, short form, form is not really going to translate yeah. for us. You know, it's kind of just basic business when you look at it. It's who is your audience and where is your audience? Yeah. I'm sure that works wonders for many other people, but that's just not kind of how like we're set up and we see it.
0: Awesome. Well, we've covered so much. We start off talking about make sure you love what you're doing. You don't owe anything in particular to your members. Do what comes naturally to you and, and you find creative. Eric, you're perfect for worrying about the creative. AJ, you're worrying about the business, and, and that's such a good model for you there that I know a lot of creators um, are setting up for themselves, Definitely too.
2: Definitely find a friend.
1: Like, yeah, I always say, get yourself an AJ. <laughs> and I say, get yourself an Eric. Wow. <laughs>
0: When it comes to Patreon features, use them as thought starters, the way it can help you keep evolving the way you're running your business. Think about who else you can bring to the party, finding new folks in your audience that can be members with you, and then tell them about the changes, communicate what's coming, get their feedback kind of around it. And you've set up so much things that are about reducing the friction for membership, including digital commerce, including free membership that you're doing there. And then short-form eyeballs don't equal long-form eyeballs or, or long-form <laughs> members and make sure you're using the channels, the places that you enjoy, that you love, and that keep you from burning out there. So Eric, AJ from Pretty Much It, thanks so much for joining and telling your story on Backstage with Patreon. Thank you for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. To catch every episode of Backstage with Patreon, follow or subscribe in your podcast app and leave us a review. We also have transcripts available at patreon.com slash backstage. You're growing as a creator by listening to the show. So why not share the insights from this episode with another creator on Patreon or who's running a creative business. We'd love to have you as an active collaborator with Backstage with Patreon. We're on Twitter at Patreon Podcast and in the Patreon creator community on Discord. Follow the link in the episode notes and you can get answers to your follow-up questions directly from the guests and weigh in on what topics we'll be covering next. Editing by Tyler Morissette. I'm Brian Keller, see you next time Backstage.